0: Welcome back and thanks so much for listening to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. This is your host, Leslie Regalado, and you're listening to a show where we believe that being perfectly imperfect is okay. And actually, we believe it's pretty darn great. In hopes of serving you and others, I'll be sharing about all things life, all things that we might experience at one point in our lives, because although it might seem like we're sometimes all alone, especially during our toughest seasons, we're not. I'll also be having conversations with other perfectly imperfect humans whose stories might just inspire you to go out there and live the heck out of your life. That is my prayer for you today and every day. And like Dr. Sue said, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. In this week's episode, I'm excited to have Tatiana Recondo join me to discuss a topic that most don't talk about, but many are affected by infertility. Many women feel alone as they struggle to get pregnant, decide which treatments to pursue, and cope with the frustration and pain of not being able to conceive. According to statistics, one in six couples attempting pregnancy will have difficulty achieving that pregnancy. In our conversation, Tatiana talks about her desire for motherhood and always knowing that she would be a mom. She walks us through what it was like to go through IVF, becoming a mommy for the first time, loss, attempting IVF again and successfully and finding out that she was pregnant with her second miracle baby. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review our podcast. And on today's episode, we're discussing infertility, and we have a very special guest. Her name is Tatiana Recondo. Hi, Tatiana, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so excited.
0: Me too. And the main reason why I'm excited is because it's a topic that for me, at least, I'm not very familiar with. So I'm excited to, you know, get a little bit more awareness um, about the topic of infertility. Mm -hmm. And also I was doing some research you know, for this specific podcast. And I was just looking at the fact that one in six couples attempting pregnancy, it says, will have difficulty achieving the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that there's over 15 million people in the US annually who are affected by infert- infertility. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, women and men equally, which I don't know why I thought it would be more in women. But, you know, doing some research, I was obviously very, um, surprised so I do want to have you share a little bit about your story um but before that Tatiana if you wouldn't mind kind of just sharing a little bit about yourself yeah so our listeners you know obviously know a little bit about you yeah
1: yeah absolutely and thank you for sharing those facts I think it's just so important for um our viewers and anybody listening um who's going through this or who's looking into it or have friends and family maybe um, going through it to know the facts because they are real, they are true, and um, and I believe that those numbers will probably continue growing. Um, so it's important that we educate ourselves um, as we kind of dream about our future and expanding our family. You know, I always say knowledge is power, and so. Um, it's important to be knowledgeable. But yeah, so my name is Tatiana Recondo, and um, I'll be brave enough to tell you my age. I'm 36. I think it's important when talking to about infertility to talk about age. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I am I'm married to an extremely wonderful, supportive, handsome husband. His name is Gian. <laughs> We've been married for 11 years now, 15 years together. Um, I am originally from Puerto Rico. Uh, raised in uh, Orlando, Florida. That's kind of where I spent uh, my childhood and all the way up until college. And then I moved to Miami and my goal was just to be in Miami for just a few short years. And then I met my husband and um, here I am uh, 15, 16 years later, right? So um, we met and my husband and I uh, come from very traditional, um, great family background. Our parents are still married um, till this day and so we knew that you know the second that we got married, um, we wanted to start a family and we were again very traditional and as the only girl in my family were with two older brothers I always wanted to respect my dad's wishes of getting married and then moving in and then starting that family and so that's what we did you know we we met we were engaged for a few years got married and then we moved in and we moved to, um, a beautiful part of South Florida called Miramar, Florida, where it's more of that family oriented, um, you know, uh, homes and great schools because we knew that we wanted that future ahead of us. And um, he comes from a large family and so do I. And so um, it wasn't a doubt that we wanted to start our family um, pretty quickly. And when I say quickly, you know, I always say about two years. We wanted to have those two years of traveling and just really <laughs> enjoying our our life. And, um, and that's what we did. You know, we, we had those two years to ourselves and traveled and, um, you know, excelling in our careers and, and things like that. And then after two years, you know, we started our journey and we'll talk a little bit about my journey now too, but that's a little bit about, you know, me. Um, I, I work for a great company. Um, I own my own business. Um, so I'm a working mom, mompreneur, Um, Now, of course, I have my two girls, which I'm excited to share with you guys a little bit about my journey of my two girls.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Tatiana. Welcome. So, in regards to your journey uh, from infertile, you know, realizing your dream of having you two, your two little girls, how did you find out? You know Mm -hmm. that you weren't able to have children. How long did you, you know, try before you actually went to the doctor? you know, and we're told that there was some kind of problem of why you couldn't have kids.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a great question. Um, Obviously, I never thought that infertility was something in my future. I was not aware Mm -hmm. of what infertility really meant, you know, so um, we uh, attempted trying and a fact is that under the age of 35, if you have tried to conceive within six months and have been unable to, um, you need to see an infertility specialist that is quote unquote, you're infertile at the age of 35 and over. Um, I'm sorry, at under 35 is a one year. I apologize. Under 35 is one year of trying to conceive at the age of 35 and more. Um, it's six months. If you're trying to conceive for six months, then you need to see a fertility doctor, and of course, I didn't know these facts. I know them now. Um, hmm. So we tried for about two years. So we tried for for about two years. So by this time, we were married for four years, um, and you know, had been unsuccessful. And I wasn't too worried about it at that moment. Um, but of course, I questioned why it wasn't happening yet. And that's when you start tracking and looking at facts and taking your body temperature. And then that's when it becomes a little bit stressful and you don't want to get to that Mm -hmm. point, but by nature, it does get that when you have such great deep desires of having children. And, um, we got pregnant after two years and we had a miscarriage and that miscarriage is, uh, we titled it, it was an atopic pregnancy. So an atopic pregnancy is when Um, it's, you know, practically in your fallopian tubes, right? So it never really makes it to the uterus and it's a very dangerous, um, pregnancy if you don't catch it ahead of time. And so thankfully we did catch it ahead of time and, um, we were able to kind of move forward with that. And then we kept trying again for another six months to a year. And, um, it wasn't until I was vacationing with my family in Dominican Republic and we met a couple and they told us, oh my gosh, well. You know, this is what we went through, and there's a great doctor in South Florida that I recommend you seeing, and he helped us get pregnant quickly. And I'm like, really? You think I need to see a doctor? Okay, well, or a specialist? Okay, well, I'll see him. You know, apparently he's the best of the best, right? And so I will like, say, well, it doesn't hurt to see a consultation and just kind of get your testings. And I'm glad that I did because there's a lot I learned about myself and my body and my husband. And at that moment, of course, he told us, well, you know, you've been trying for a year more, you know, this is what we call infertility. And I was like, really? Wow. Okay. And so at that time I was 29 years old. So, um, I was still fairly young and, um, you know, he ran some testing on us. We found out I had endometriosis, um, which obviously can cause infertility and get in the way. And, um, And so that's kind of where we were kind of diagnosed with that term that a lot of couples and women don't like to use, you know, um, is that infertility word. And um, at this point, I, again, my desires were so deep and, and so large that I didn't question my doctor and I didn't question the process. I Mm -hmm. completely entrusted in him and I said, okay, well, what's next? All right. So you're going to label me this, but I'm not going to hold that back. So tell me what's next. And, um, and then, you know, I'll continue I'll, what's, what happened after was different infertility treatments, you know, um, whether it's taking, um, some type of supplements to help you ovulate, ovulates more. We tried that and that didn't work. Um, you know, certain patches to help you with your estrogen and progesterone and, that didn't work. And um, at this point, you know, just like any other woman, <laughs> we're impatient. <laughs> and So I was Absolutely. like, okay, let's get to it. What do we do that's gonna make it work? You know, um, we are extremely positive um, people and we just knew that um, we just wanted to do something that that works regardless of the price tag, regardless of what could happen. And that's when we talked in to fertil- uh, IVF, right? In vitro fertilization. And, um, and we jumped in with in vitro and I'll get into obviously into the details in a little bit, um, jumps right into in vitro and, um, luckily it worked the first time around. Um, I, by this time I was 30 years old and we had our miracle little girl who's now five years old. Wow. So that now, was our first, our first, you know, interaction with, with any type
0: of treatment. So bef- so that was type of treatment. And yeah. you you guys were successful after the first time, because I've, yeah. I've known people that have done it multiple times, but mm-hmm. for you, it did happen.
1: It, yeah, Wonderful. for me,
0: it did happen.
1: It did happen. Um, and um, again, it is definitely a, a chance, you know, we were able to um, have a lot of or not a lot, but a good number of um, healthy embryos, we implanted two embryos, and one One came and one stuck, and it was a beautiful, healthy pregnancy uh, throughout the way. Um, So, you know, to talk a little bit about the process, I was very naive to the process, although I did have um, friends of mine who had gone through in vitro before I even was married, um, before I even thought about having children. And so I remember being there for them and kind of knowing a little bit about the in vitro Um, one of them was in a business with me or a couple of them was when another one was a great childhood friend of mine. And so I was kind of with, for, with them there and for them emotionally. And little did I know it would come back full full circle where when I started my in vitro, um, season, um, they were there for me, you know? And so I, I always say it's so important to have people there for you. And we'll talk about that, of course, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the first round of in vitro, I will be honest with you, went beautifully, as beautifully as it could be, apart from the fact that it's in control of your body, your hormones, your time. It is so time consuming. Um, but it was a really positive out, outcome. And I really do give it up to my mindset and where I was um, in my mind and in my faith at that moment, you know, as to why I feel like it was so um, successful.
0: Now, if you wouldn't mind Tatiana sharing really quickly, cause I have no clue and I'm sure a lot of listeners don't either what the process is. I mean, mm-hmm. without getting into stuff that might be a little too private, yeah. but if there's anything that you can share, you know, if there is someone out there that's listening, who's thinking of, you know, maybe this is the next step for me, um, yeah. you know,
1: Absolutely. what,
0: what is, yeah. What does IVF entail?
1: Yeah. So IVF is really just, um, preparing your body of, um, embryos and eggs, right? So they pretty much prepare your body to make sure that you are developing enough eggs to then release those eggs and meet them with the sperm at the exact same time. Um, literally within seconds, and then it becoming an embryo, a healthy embryo. So a lot of that does um, it's a very sensitive timing with your body, right? So we have to prepare your body into a healthy cycle. And that means probably putting you on birth control, which I've actually never been on birth control prior to IVF. So that was kind of new to me, you know, uh, regulating mm-hmm. my cycle for it to be on birth control so the doctors can really study your day by day. And then after that, it means taking supplements, whether it's progesterone and estrogen patches to help you produce more of those eggs. Um, but the most invasive part is kind of injecting yourself on, um, a daily basis a couple times a day, um, with, um, hormone injections to just, again, really put your body into fast forward and, um, do what your body's not naturally doing. And most of that is whether it's ovulation or, or preparing those eggs. Right. And so that I would say is, um, the most difficult thing. And again, that's, what's important. So important to have that circle of support around you. Um, But I looked at it as more of, Oh my God, it's just one step closer for me having my baby. So I didn't look at it as this can be hurtful. This is going to control me. This is painful um, or anything like that. It was, Oh my gosh, I'm just one step closer. And that's really, that's why I say it's so important to have your mind ready to go in, in a positive place when you start something like this, because, um, it's, it really does control the outcome and it controls the process. And so, you know, after you go through these injec- injections for several weeks, you go in on almost a daily basis to the doctors to do blood work, to make sure that the blood, um, that everything is working, um, and going through ultrasounds to make sure that those follicles are there and growing to create those eggs. And, um, and that's time. That's when I say it's time consuming, right? Mm -hmm. So for a working woman, that's difficult. You know, at that moment um, I was an entrepreneur owning a business in my home. So I had the flexibility to be able to go to the doctors on those day-to-day basis. And then afterwards, your kind of doctor will tell you, okay, you know what, according to the blood and according to the ultrasound, you are ready to go. We go in, um, we have the uh, release dates of the, um, of the eggs where they retrieve your eggs and at that moment, that's a really important date because that's the day where they count how many eggs did we, were we able to retrieve? And that's important. And that really is based on also your age, right? Cause as you grow older uh, you do have less and less fertile eggs, right? So um, thankfully I was able to retrieve a good amount and then they made it with the sperm. And then that they wait for that to, Kind of evolve and become an embryo. And then once that becomes an embryo, we know how many embryos are ready um, to be implanted because um, that number does decrease. So you could have 10 eggs and maybe only five embryos make it. Right. Cool. And then, um, and that's when you make this decision um, within just five days after your retrieval, um, you go in for the implantation. And it's a great site. And scientific uh, experiment where they go and they implant these eggs in and again we chose two embryos to implant and then um, 10 days later you find out if you're pregnant or not so those 10 days are, um, are our roller coaster <laughs> Yes they're probably the most difficult days um I will say out yeah. of everything it's just that waiting period mm-hmm. um, it's very difficult to wait and just kind of know you know did did it work or not you no know? so yeah. Um, That's pretty much the process again, you know, for everybody, the process is different. Um, But in general, that's what IVF kind of looks like in the big picture.
0: Wow. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for educating us. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm getting so much out of it, you know, just Mm -hmm. an understanding. I think that was the main reason why this topic was important for me to discuss, you know, Mm -hmm. find someone that has it and that has been successful with it, because I believe it offers hope. Right. To women that are in that situation right now that may have had, you know, not as much success, you know, n- number one, number two, for people that are potentially thinking that that's going to be the route they're going to take next mm-hmm. for them to know and understand, okay, what's coming because right. your mental state does a lot of kind of how it's going to go for anything in life but it just sounds like specifically for something like this, because it's not only the physical things that you're, you know, experiencing, but it's, it would seem that emotionally, right. It's, it's a lot. I Mm -hmm. mean, me just listening to you, I'm like, Oh, my goodness, you know, not only those 10 days, but the whole process. Like if you're not, you know, somewhat in a, in a good state of mind and you're positive and you have the support and the encouragement around you, I'm sure it can be, you know, not such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for you, do you think, what do you think was the most helpful, you know, having the people around you, you know, your husband's support mm-hmm. um, you did mention, you know, in your business, the, the positivity that, that you've learned you know, all of that, like, would you mind sharing yeah. what do you think was the most beneficial for you during this time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously it all starts with yourself. First and foremost, you have to believe that this is going to be the route for you. Um, I always knew I was going to have children and I always knew I was going to get pregnant. Um, and I was open to, I didn't know how, but I always knew that I always was very confident um, If you ask me, I always knew I was going to have girls. I mean, that's how, that is how <laughs> that's wild. it is. Because you have two girls now, two girls. so that's crazy. So I was so confident and so convicted. And I think that that's very important. Um, You can't have a doubt, not a single doubt, that doubt will take over and control everything. You have to be very confident. And that confidence turns into excitement throughout the process. And that's why. I was more excited than I was nervous and I was painful than I was anything else. So it starts with you and your mental state and your faith-based and and all of that, you know, and then um and then yeah, absolutely having that strong circle of support. And having your partner, your husband, um, be on that same page with you is very important. Um, It can't be 50-50. It can't be, well, let's just try it out and see what happens. No, it has to be, babe, we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. We're going to be in this together. you're going to go to every doctor's appointment with me. Like They are going to be in, or at least my husband was just with, in absolutely everything involved. Although maybe it physically wasn't happening to him emotionally, he was all in, if not more um, with me, I was lucky to have supportive, um, of supportive family. Um, my, my parents knew from a young age that I was just very maternal. And so they knew that my biggest dream was just to have, you know, have children and become a mom. So they were extremely supportive. Um, whether it's visiting, you know, me at the doctor's office or, just kind of being there for me throughout the time and, you know, making me dinner, just one less thing for me to have to worry about. And same thing with Mm -hmm. um, my older brothers and just my, my, my circle of our friends. Uh, I did keep it more private because it's not for everyone. And uh, not everybody does understand what infertility meant. And I didn't, I do believe that anybody who speaks into me that it might happen. And I was just very protective of my circle. So I would say maybe just a couple of my close friends that I've known, for 30 years now, um, new. And then I was lucky and I am lucky to be a part of a business where it is women lifting women, um, and women changing lives. And so we, um, put our faith first. We put our family second, we put our career third. And I think that's a strong philosophy and such a, a, a great philosophy to have in a circumstance like mine and women who really prayed for me, women who were really there for me. And I was lucky to be in a circle where I had that surrounding me. And again, and not all of them knew, um, just, a, you know, a, a handful of really close women, uh, knew, And again, uh, with my family. And I think it was important because I'm a human, and no matter how strong I was built and I, no matter how brave I am, I do have moments of doubt and it was great to turn to somebody. Um, and my husband as well, it was great for both of us to turn to somebody to somebody remind us you can do this, Let's remind you what your dreams are. Let's remind you of your desires. And um, it was great to, for, you know, to have that base of somebody to support us and kind of cheer us on.
0: And I think that's so important with anything we do in life. Obviously, with something like this, because it's not just a goal that you have. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's this inner drive and it's an emotional roller coaster and it's a physical one as well. So I love what you said about, you know, guarding that Mm -hmm. and not putting it out there for anyone to make, to have an opinion about, Mm -hmm. because like you said, you know, we can be the strongest, we can be the bravest, Mm -hmm. but words can still affect us. And the things people say and do can still you know, have a negative effect. Right. So to guard any dream that we have, especially something as big as, you know, creating this child that, that you've desired for so long, you know, to be protective of that. Absolutely. I love when you said that. Thank it's, you. I think, you know, for our listeners to understand that with anything they want, you know, you can't let everyone have an opinion on it and you have to make sure that you do guard yourself with who's, who you're allowing to speak into mm-hmm. you because, the same way that it uplifted you, it could have helped to tear you down. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, acknowledging that, and understanding that. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing that specifically. Yeah, of course. Um another question I had is were there ever any like, you know, hard or negative, if we can even call them that, but any feelings that you had throughout the process? that maybe people that are listening that are experiencing this just so they don't feel alone yeah. because we have talked about the positivity, the encouragement, um, which just from listening to you and from your success, you know, tells us a lot, but were there hard moments? Absolutely. You know, that you experienced yeah. And what was that like? Yeah. I
1: will tell you, you know, um, I'm glad you asked that because I went through IVF twice and I'll talk a little bit about kind of what happened after that. And my first time around, I will be honest, I don't think that I had such hard moments. Again, I was almost oblivious to what was going to happen. And I was just so sure that it was going to happen that I just ran with it. But it's not that case all the time. And I experienced that the second time around. So after we had our daughter, and we really enjoyed her by the time she was three years old, we decided we were going to go turn to IVF again, we had frozen embryos, luckily from the first time around. And So we went kind of into the process again. And by this time, I was well into my mid thirties. And so again, as you kind of grow older, so much changes in your life. And um, so the second time that we faced um, in vitro again, for whatever reason, um, and maybe it was for this simple reason, just to educate other women and really become more relatable. um, I did have a lot more doubt and I questioned why my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Um, and this is really hard for women, right? Because we control everything or we want to control everything, right? Most <laughs> women, at least the women in my family are like that. We think <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, here we are, this body, this temple that God created and we think, and we want it to work at its capacity. And if it doesn't, we feel broken. And I, that's how I felt, you know, the second time around, um, going through the process, um, of the, the injections. And this time around, there was a lot more that I had to do. My body was reacting differently to certain things. And there were certain testings that were made that this time around didn't come back so positive. So I had to do some extra things and maybe it was that, that got my mental state out of whack, but
0: mm-hmm. I
1: had doubts. I went into a negative state of, well, my body's not working. I'm not going to have this second child. And for some reason I almost wanted this check-in second child more than I did my first time. And it wasn't because I love one thing more than the other, but it was more because now I have this daughter who my biggest wish is for her to have a sibling. So it was more for her mm-hmm. than it was for me. And, um, so, yeah, you know, the, the doubts came in as to, well, why isn't my body doing what it's supposed to do? And then why is everybody around me getting pregnant in a blink of an eye? And here I am doing things, quote unquote, the right way. And it's not happening. Um, and, and during this time, my family, my brothers were having babies. My best friends were having babies. Um, you know, everybody around me and my business were having kids because it's filled with women. So you could just imagine, um, the babies that were happening and and it wasn't happening for me because in that three year gap let's i was still trying to conceive naturally i still had some type of hope you know so it wasn't like i'm going through ivf again like it was another three years of me trying to conceive and going through ivf again um and i will tell you you know as i jump forward we we did the in vitro and um only one embryo was able to survive the unfreezing And I know that this is technical scientific terms, but so I was only able to implant one embryo and that embryo did not, did not uh, make it. And I would tell you um, that 10 day period, uh, which I told you was very difficult the first time around, it's even more difficult when you're not in the right headspace and you're doubting yourself Mm -hmm. the second time around. And so when we got the call that second time around and told us, unfortunately, you are not pregnant. I will tell you that day and oh my gosh. And I want to say it was very close to the date that it is today. Cause it was sometime in November, um, two years ago. Um, it was one of the hardest days of my life. I did not know how I could hang up the call, make it upstairs fast enough to my bed and just sob. Um, wow. and I do believe that the mentality, the state that I was in of doubt, um, did, did, did take over. Um, It definitely did not feel like it did the first time around. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, I relate to women who blame themselves, who question themselves, but I test you and I challenge you to ask yourself, well, what if, what if I don't do it? What if I don't move forward? What if I don't get this test? I am more fearful of missing out on the trying and that result than staying in that I'm broken. This doesn't work. So I'm just not going to do anything phase. You know what I mean? Um, And thankfully, you know, I went with the, what if, and I tried it. And I learned so much through that failure of IVF because I wouldn't be here talking to you if I was, you know, just this great, um, successful IVF story you know, I have both. I've got the success story and I've got the not so successful story of the IVF. And I can really compare both. And sure, maybe the embryo wasn't so healthy. Maybe my body wasn't prepared enough, but I know how I felt in my mental state and in my emotional state, the first and the second time around. And it was very different. And so we can't have, again, that space for doubt and that space for questioning. For some reason, we have infertility. And for some reason we have to go through a certain different process than anybody else. It does not mean that we're not been meant to be moms. It does not mean that we're not meant to n- nurture and love and have children. It just means that the route and the journey is going to be a little bit different than the person next to you. And that's it.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? I believe that when you're given this desire, it's not, you know, God doesn't put that inside of you to say, ha, ha. you know, mm-hmm. you can't. It's more like, all right, you know, like you said, you might, it might have to look a little different than it does for, you know, someone else, but that doesn't mean that you have to give up. Right. And I think that's one thing that we can learn from you, Tatiana, that, you know, you went, you know, over, around, under, and obviously right through whatever obstacle was thrown your way. And because you knew in right. your heart, you knew that this was meant to happen. And just because it wasn't happening like it does to any other person, Mm -hmm. it didn't mean that you were going to have to, you know, give up on that desire to be a mom to your two little girls. And I absolutely absolutely admire you for that because it doesn't, you know, it sounds like it wasn't easy. So I can only imagine Mm -hmm. it was that much harder Mm -hmm. if it just sounds this way. Yeah it was
1: (laughs) the second time around and then having a baby or a toddler watch you go through that and you just trying to find that strength for her Mm. was the most difficult part because I did not want her and she knew what was happening you know we wanted to educate her on what mommy was doing and what could be in our future and so it was that was the hardest part it's just having that bravery but I'm glad that because of her I had to find the strength you know to to move forward and and try again and yeah try
0: again so your second IVF was you know as you mentioned unsuccessful and you mm-hmm. were not able to get pregnant so you have your second one your yes. name is Luna Yes, right yes okay so how did that happen because obviously if this was unsuccessful you know Luna mm-hmm. is still here she is Tell us a little bit about that yes you know I, I always um, say my babies are
1: obviously rainbow babies, but they're more than anything, you know, miracle children, both of them. So after we went through our failed IVF, um, I was in such a desperation mode. And this is very important that we don't work off of desperation. Um, And I was so desperate that as soon as I got the green light to go back and visit the doctor, I was like, I'm going to do this again. Mind you, IVF is not anything that is, I think, affordable to many and most average people living in the
0: U.S. Um, and now, I if you wouldn't mind you, sharing because I have not started to interrupt yeah. you about how much, yeah, it, says, it like just it range any, it can range anywhere um,
1: between 20 to 30,000. dollars Wow, um, yeah, <laughs> most, if not all insurances, the majority of the insurances do not cover it. Um, oh my gosh. and so, and that number is, you know, it's, and, you know, I was just having this conversation with somebody last night and they're like, I don't know how we're gonna do it. And I said, don't worry about the how. You just find a way you're going to find a way. I promise you you're mm-hmm. going to find a way you just move forward and you do what you got to do. You were going to find a way. There is not a price tag on something so important and so precious. And um, it's so, so large as this. So you find a way, you know, I, I can't be here and give you resources, but it happens. If you want it that bad, you will find a way. So um, I quickly, you know, I went back and I was like, okay, number three, you know what I mean? So I just want you to imagine how much that would have cost us and, uh, it wasn't a question for us. Um, and something in me after I visited the doctor and he said, okay, well we can try in the next couple months or so. Something in me was just like, you know what, just why don't we relax for a moment? A lot of changes were happening in my home. And so we actually, um, put our home that we've been living in for 10 years up for sale so we can take the money and do IVF again, um, the equity that we were going to gain. And, and so we can, um, do IVF again? I mean, that's when I say like, you just find a way, right? Like yeah, you, you find a way. And, um, in that time frame, I just came across uh, these words and the words were be still. And that is a Bible verse, be still for I am God. And so, um, I kept running into these words over and over and over again. And I had a lot going on in my life with business, with work, with a baby, with a husband, family. Um, and something in me just said, be still. To me, that meant be still, quiet the noise, don't take so many different people's opinions into consideration at this point. I was so desperate that I was just asking people, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Um, and Or let's do this again. And it was just be still, give God time to work. That's what be still meant to me at that moment. And I really listened. For the first time, I was really, really... Um, I was a good student, right? And I said, okay, I'm going to be a good student and I'm going to listen. I'm going to be still, I'm going to give this time to take its place and really take care of my body. Right. And so that's what I did. I really took care of my body. And what I mean by that was I started eating better. I started looking at life a little bit differently. Um, I visited an, an incredible doctor friend of mine, um, who lives in Puerto Rico And who studies almost like a woman's anti-aging body and um, was really, she was really helpful in just me noticing the little things that could really affect a woman's body, which then affects, you know, uh, carrying a child and conceiving a child, even from the simple things of, do you have acrylic on your nails? Okay. Even a question like that to... Of course, what we're putting in our bodies, what are we feeding our bodies? How many hours are you sleeping? How, do you, all of these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that all of these things can really affect. So I really started to study my body, right? And so she helped me do that. And that's another thing I encourage you to visit a doctor and do your research on that. And you know, things that she had me do and change, and even just simple multivitamins, uh, doing um, a DNA. You know, uh, testing, I think it's called 23 and me to see how back um, all of my genes go back and really study it, really study your body and your blood and all that fun stuff. And as I started doing that, my mind just shifted to not desperation, but back to I got to trust, I got to trust what God's doing here. And I got to trust that my body's going to know what it's going to do. Right. And so in that process, We got pregnant naturally, and that was um, obviously a huge surprise to us, and we couldn't be happier, and it was absolutely a joyous time in our life, and then it quickly went from a joyous to another sad moment as we lost um, the babies. Then I say that because they were more than one, and it was more than two. We got pregnant naturally with triplets. Now, twins run in my family, (laughs) twins naturally run in my family, but nobody expected um, for me to walk into the office and see three. And, um, even the doctors were all just, what a story, what a testimony. And I had to remind them, my first one was IVF and they kept asking me, are you sure you didn't take any supplements? Are you sure you didn't take anything? I'm like, I (laughs) promise I didn't take anything. Um, and so we did lose them. And so we had to go, you know, and, and, and get a DNC again. And so that was kind of, kind of second nature to me at that moment. Um, but that did not deteriorate me. If anything, it just confirms that I can get pregnant
0: right Right. was this your first
1: time getting pregnant on your own no my first time was that atopic pregnancy oh yes yes, yes, Um, so this was my second or maybe even my third I can't keep count but um it definitely was not my first and so um we we went through that but again I took it more as a you know pretty (laughs) fine I can yeah I can I can do this again be still be still just relax so um it wasn't until maybe 8 months later um we sold our home and the same month that we sold our home um to probably go into ivf in the near future just kind of preparing you know that backup plan uh we found out we were pregnant and um after kind of my body just really um was prepared again and i just felt it i just felt my body just ready to go you know and mm-hmm. uh we got pregnant And that is when Luna came into our life. Um, And it was, again, a beautiful, perfect, healthy pregnancy, unexpected in a way, although we were trying to conceive. (laughs) Um, And she she stuck around for the long haul. And she is here today, nine months old, um, that second little girl that I knew that I would have. Um, And so, again, I think that my story... it really resonates and relates to many women's IVF, successful, not successful, miscarriage, it topic, multiples, natural, you name it. I went through it, you know, um, but I feel like the best tool here was that I, I had strong conviction. I was just so faith and I had my hope and my dreams were just so solid that nothing was going to break it.
0: And you know what I love about what you just shared a few minutes ago is the fact that you actually were listening. Mm-hmm. You were quiet enough, long enough to actually mm-hmm. hear what your body, what your spirit was, mm-hmm. you know, yelling out at you, like, "Chill," you know, "Chill." Like, okay, yeah, I like it. just Let slow do down. Yes, mm-hmm. because I think you know when we are desperate, as you mentioned we will try to take control, right? Even and and we feel like we are in control, even when we absolutely are not. And we're trying to make this happen on our terms, right? And, you know, having a strong faith. And I love that you share that, because that's one of, you know, I tell people all the time, I said, my my biggest, most amazing, most helpful tool in my life has always been my faith has always been absolutely the fact that I trust God to the max that no matter what it looks like in the natural that he is making it all work out. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. behind the scenes like it is, you know, I can't see everything that's going on, but I know that he is, you know, just like any parent, mm-hmm. we would never do anything that we you know would hurt or cause any harm to our children. Neither would, you know, would he and I trusting that. I love that you trusted and you were or for you to receive the guidance. Mm-hmm. you know, through your, your friend doctor, because I feel like if you would have been so busy trying to do it your way, maybe yeah. there wouldn't have been any time for yeah. her to speak to you or for you to go Absolutely. to Puerto Rico, you know, whatever the case was. So I love that you were still, you know, long enough, to, uh, allow this to happen the way it was meant to happen. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And thank you. And I think it's important for you to
1: give guard the time to do his work, um, mm-hmm. while also, educating yourself and, and doing those proper, um, testings to see how your body is going to react eventually. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that, um, I, I, for one, was a good student and a good listener.
0: And it was a it was a time that it mattered. Yeah, it counted. Perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the um, only last thing I want to to ask you, and we can end with this, is Mm -hmm. was there anything, Tatiana, that you wish you would have known before starting this journey? You know, way back when Mm -hmm. you know you did. Um, find out at the you know the first time that you found out that you were infertile, um, or this was your diagnosis. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you would have known or done yeah. differently? You know um, you Anything know, that you can you know give advice on? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I do wish that I knew that this was um, a normal thing. That one in six couples mm. suffer from this because you feel very alone when you go through this, and yeah. um, you feel like you're targeted you know, and that you're the only one. And again, thankfully, I knew several women. um, But I wish that I knew it was more common. Um, I wish that I was aware of, you know, even just the day to day things that we use for our body that we intake that we, you know, put in our bodies could really take a toll and could really affect infertility. Um, So I would say that that I do wish that I knew that there are resources out there that this isn't so taboo, that this isn't a a sacred thing, that it Mm -hmm. is normal. It is, it is out there and you're not the only one going through it, you know? Um, so I appreciate you again for opening up, um, this discussion, um, because I do pray that it really does, you know, educate and help women go out there and take care of ourselves Um, because we need to make it here um, for our families and our kids. And it's important that we, that we learn more about what
0: we have. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know we discussed yesterday Mm -hmm. that, you know, one of the main reasons why I did want to do a topic on this podcast about infertility is not only for awareness, you know, for maybe people that don't know, about it, like, as I didn't, I mean, you've opened up my eyes and my mind to a lot of information mm-hmm. that I really knew nothing about, started yesterday, but, you know, also for people, like you said, you, I, I can only imagine you have to feel so alone, mm-hmm. especially when you don't know, you know, maybe anyone else right. that has experienced, you know, all of the things that you're about to experience, um, so with you sharing, I pray <laughs> that people understand, and that, you know, do believe that, you know, what they're not, you know, it's not terrible, it's that, it, that something can be done about it, that, you know, there are resources. And then for those of us that maybe have not experienced infertility, we already have our kids, to become more aware, I know, we talked about the questions, yeah. you know, that we ask people, you know, they've been married for a year, for two years, oh, when are the kids coming? Like, what are you waiting for? You know, questions that we don't think can be hurtful but when you're going through a process where you know in your mind you're thinking I'm trying like I'm doing everything I can it's just not happening and people are kind of you know they keep asking that same question over and over you know for us to understand that you know we need to think about the possibility of what people are Mm -hmm. experiencing behind Mm -hmm. closed doors absolutely um because it can be very hurtful and yeah. people might not say anything and then, you know, they go home and they just feel terrible Yeah, and it, because they can't answer that question yet. Yeah, it is. You know, I will tell you going through as my family, we
1: so close and uh, my siblings were having kids. It was always like, well, when are you coming? And when are your, you don't want to be a mom <laughs> oh, and my you know, you, you want to be respectful because, um, you know, these people aren't aware of what's happening behind closed doors. And I myself, I'm sure asked that many times to others. Um, And so it is really important for us to educate other people to be more sensitive to not ask the question, because it really Mm -hmm. can cause um, some really hurt, you know, for both, you know, for both, for the couple in general. Um, So yeah, you know, being more sensitive to this subject is definitely um, something that needs to be um, worked on. Um, and again, and not, and not hide it and uh, yeah. educate people. And I just always also want to give a shout out kind of to the husbands going through this, because we always talk about the women and the women and the women. And i like to think that it's probably even harder as a husband. Like I can't imagine my husband going through everything and me not be able to be there for him and to not be able to take on that physical pain that mm-hmm. you want to, you know, um, and they're doing that. They're taking a back seat and I know that they don't want to, and it's really hard, you know, for them. Um, cause there's really not much they can do. And then on top of that, they're dealing with our hormones. <laughs> and, um, and yes. one thing that I mentioned to you yesterday, you know, for the first time in a really long time, I felt like my body's back, you know, because it does take huge control of your hormones. And so it was miscarriage and then IVF and then pregnant for nine months and then another IVF preparing my body for that. And then finally I'm free of All of that, and it feels so great. Um, but I will tell you, and I don't want to say that to scare people, um, but uh, that's so important for the husband and for you know that support system to be there to be there for you, um, throughout that process, yeah,
0: absolutely. And you know what? I love that you said that you don't want to scare people, but we do want to educate,
1: absolutely, and we do
0: want to raise awareness because. You know, if I feel like if you know what it's going to be like, you can almost mentally prepare yourself mm-hmm. um, for the process. And the more stories that you hear about people that have experienced, you know, something of this sort, sure. I think it just it mentally prepares you to go in knowing. Cause I think the fear comes from jumping into something that you have no clue about and then wondering, you know, and every time, you know, something new happens, it's like, you know, you freak out your mind, your body, everything kind of just goes, Mm -hmm. you know, goes into like this crazy mode because you've never experienced it because you possibly never, you know, heard about it. I know with me after giving birth and just the way the body, you know, looks and the way you feel and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. I mean, I never really asked anyone what that was like so it was you know the first time it was not scary but just not the best and then of course the second time around after I had my first child it was like okay you know what to expect so just from that experience for me it's like I wish you know I would have known this this and this because it would have mentally and physically prepared me for what was coming so yeah like you said it's not to scare anyone it's just to educate people raise awareness about Mm -hmm. what it can be like because then, you know, you can make a, that decision of whether you want to move forward or not. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because like you said, I think it is worth it. You know, now you have Gianna.
1: Yeah, you're,
0: you're super just the joy oh. in that home has to be amazing. It was worth it. Every, all these years, every penny, every tear,
1: every frustration, mm-hmm. every doubt, it was absolutely worth it. And I promise that it'll be worth it for
0: everybody as well. Uh, thank you so much, Tatiana, You're again, welcome. for your time. Yeah. I just appreciate you sharing and, you know, being open and vulnerable to sharing everything you experience, because like you said, I do pray that it does bless someone that's listening and, um, you. you know, and they can share it because mm-hmm. the more people that know about this, I feel like the the better anyone that's experiencing this can, can have that support and it can be better for everyone. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate your bravery as well for opening up the discussion that's mentioned. So I hope it does great for others. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope you truly enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Make sure you rate the episode and the podcast and also make sure you leave a review. Thank you again so much for listening to Perfectly Imperfect.